BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hi, I'm Kathy, spelled with a C. And I'm Kathy with a K. This is Killer Destinations. We're back in the City of Angels, a place where many go to make their dreams come true. But for two young women, it became their worst nightmare. Because this is breaking news, we've had a lot of different sources for this podcast. So before we begin... I want to name the sources that we've used. KABC7 Eyewitness News, Daily Mail, KTLA, The New York Post, The Sun, and People. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have seen the recent headlines. On Saturday, November 13th, two women were dropped off at different LA hospitals. Videos show three men getting out of a Toyota Prius with darkened windows. Front and back license plates were missing, and the men were wearing something akin to a mask. The reason I say it that way is that some reports say that they're bandanas, some say masks, others say balaclavas, but the video hasn't been made public. Tragically, 24-year-old Christy Giles, a model and aspiring actress, was dropped off at 5 p.m. on Saturday night at Southern California Hospital in Culver City. Unfortunately, she was pronounced dead. 26-year-old Hilda Marcella Cabrales Arzola was dropped off two hours later at a Kaiser Permanente Hospital in West Los Angeles. They were able to get a pulse, but she is in critical condition, on life support, and it's been reported that she doesn't have any brain activity there is very little hope for recovery. The question on all of our minds, what happened to these two young women and how did their night end this way? Christy Giles grew up in Alabama and her mother, Dusty Giles, described her as a vibrant woman who was down to earth and brutally honest with her friends and family. I like brutal honesty. Because you are. (laughs) I try to be, but... Not brutal, maybe, but... (laughs) Depends on the person and the situation. (laughs) Her mom said Christy grew up as a Southern Belle, but was fiercely independent. She was very athletic, and she was scouted by colleges to play soccer when she was in the ninth and 10th grades. She was also all-county track in the largest county in Alabama. 
Mrs. Giles added that when Christy was 10 years old, she was drafted by the boys' soccer team and left them quaking with her aggressive play. She was a little stud. I love it. She was. I love that, too. Yeah. Mrs. Giles said her daughter was scouted by Wilhelmina Models at age 14, which is a big deal. In case you aren't familiar, because I was not, Wilhelmina Models was founded in 1967 by Dutch supermodel Wilhelmina Cooper and is one of the largest and most successful modeling agencies in the world, representing models such as Jerry Hall, Christy Brinkley, Kim Basinger, and Christy Turlington through the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and now has a much more diverse group of models that includes Nicki Minaj, Nick Jonas, Machine Gun Kelly, and Kendall Jenner. That really is quite the crew. It's very different from how they started. Very different. Christy reached a point where she needed to choose between soccer and modeling, ultimately choosing modeling, and she moved to Los Angeles when she was only 18. But despite her glamorous new job that had her jetting off to London, Miami, and Los Angeles to further her career, Christy remained close to her family. Her family included her mom, her dad, her two sisters, both grandmothers, and her great-grandmother. In 2019, Christy met Jan Silliers. He was a South African and a visual effects supervisor and artist by trade. They actually met at an art gallery, and after just three days, he told her he loved her. Silliers said he fell head over heels for Christy. Quote, We had one of the most fairy tale romantic relationships. Our first date was on Valentine's Day 2019. We got married by September of that year. Unquote. Their wedding took place at Burning Man, which is a festival that takes place in northwestern Nevada around Labor Day weekend. You know what's funny, though, is as you all may recall, in episode three, I mentioned that I had lived in Lake Tahoe. Burning Man takes place in northern Nevada, and it is just an absolute rager. Mm-hmm. And he talks about being romantic, but Burning Man, in my estimation, is probably one of the least romantic places you can go. It used to be super bohemian, and I know it's evolved over time, but... Significantly so. It, it used to be very bohemian back in, I think it began in the late 70s, early 80s, and now it's grown to more than like 75,000 people who show up there on the playa, and it's... It's more of a hedonistic bent to it now. I see. So you liked it. I did. It was awesome. (laughs) I look forward to it every year. (laughs) So Christy and Jan traveled the world visiting exotic locations, including Morocco and Bora Bora. Jan said he was even planning to take her on a nine-day African safari, where he was planning to introduce Christy to his South African mother for the first time. That is heartbreaking. I know. That's terrible. Less has been reported about Hilda Marcella Cabrales Arzola, who Jan, Christie's husband, said goes by the name Marcella. Marcella is a 26-year-old Mexican architect who studied at the University of Monterey in Mexico. According to the website JobBankCanada.us, which contains Marcella's employment profile, she had worked as the lead project manager in execution at Atrio Interiors since November of 2019. After graduate studies, it's been reported that Marcella had decided to focus on the area of interior design. On her profile, Marcella also said that she was attempting to relocate to Canada and had been learning how to code to, quote, expand opportunities. Her main goal was to fully migrate to Canada and establish herself there. She wrote that she was a very versatile person who could easily adjust to new circumstances and that she loved to learn and was open to learning all kinds of new skills. 
I think being an architect is so cool. It's I one do of, too. Yeah, it's one of those things I want to do when I grow up. But then again, it involves math. So, you know, I'm like, not sure if I'm qualified. Math is hard, Barbie. <laughs> totally. <laughs> On Friday night, November 12th, Jan Silliers was in San Francisco visiting his father, and Christy was getting ready to go to a club with two of her friends, best friend Sandy Robinson and Marcella. By the way, where was Jan? He was in San Francisco visiting his father. I okay. literally just said that. <laughs> you know, if you're not listening, it doesn't okay. bode well for anybody else. <laughs> the three women went out to the Soho House in downtown Los Angeles. Soho House, for those of you who don't know, is an exclusive members-only club that has 28 locations around the world. To join, applicants must provide a recent headshot, which kind of gives you an idea of the type of clientele they're probably bringing in. Mm-hmm. Nominations from two current Soho House members, a one-time application fee, and of course, an accounting of their career. Wow. I know. It explains why, whenever I've heard about it, it's always been reading some sort of celebrity information. Right. The, the Which kind is of why you haven't heard of it. I was just going to say, the kind of club that wouldn't have had us. Exactly. <laughs> that too. We would not have qualified. <laughs> After leaving there, Christy, Marcella, and Sandy went to a warehouse party in East Los Angeles. Now, looking up on the map, this was about 15 miles from Soho House. However, with traffic, it was about an hour away. Downtown traffic is tough. Exactly. I mean, there's so many small streets in L.A., and that, that 15 miles is quite a ways to go. Exactly. There's a video from the warehouse party that shows the three women dancing and having a fun time. But according to Jan, Sandy was, quote, taking a sober month, end quote, and went home about 4 a.m. saying that she was tired. Marcella was apparently, quote, vibing with a guy she met. And these are quotes from Jan. And Jan said Christy would not have left her alone with a strange man. Sandy knew that Christy and Marcella had wanted to go to an after party in the Hollywood Hills. This was an official function that was taking place after the event at the East L.A. warehouse that they'd gone to after being at Soho House. Got it. It's been reported that Sandy assumed that the women had been offered a ride to the after party by the guy Marcella had been vibing with and two of his friends who were around him. Okay. It's been reported that there's video that shows the two women getting into a car with three men, but it has not been made public and I have not seen it. But instead of winding up in the Hollywood Hills... They ended up in an apartment building in West Los Angeles. In an interview with Daily Mail, Jan Sillier said he woke up around 7 a.m. on Saturday morning, November 13th, and saw that he'd missed a text from Christy at 1.30 a.m. He texted Christy to say good morning, but he never got a response. Christy had read receipts enabled on her phone so her husband could see that his text had not been read. Jan immediately looked up his wife's location and said it wasn't somewhere that he recognized. Yeah, what he had done apparently is when he found the location, he pulled it up on Google Earth and saw it was a, an apartment building that he didn't recognize. Oh, that's interesting. So he texted her several more times with no response, finally sending a text that said, are you still alive? He obviously didn't expect that that was really an issue, but said he wanted to convey to her that she was making him worry. Jan went on a hike with his dad that day, and when he got back, 
and finally had cell reception again. He checked Christie's location, and it gave the address as Southern California Hospital in Culver City. Culver City, by the way, is on the west side of Los Angeles County. Kind, few, of, kind of closer to the beach. Exactly. Exactly. A few miles southwest of Beverly Hills. And uh, it's actually surrounded by the city of Los Angeles. So it's kind of like an island in the middle of the city, which is weird, but it's that's what it is. Well, it used to be film studios. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Jan called the ER at Southern California Hospital and told them that he thought his wife had been checked in. He was transferred to a nurse whom he thought was trying to verify who he really was. But she clearly didn't want to tell him what was going on. I bet because of the way that Christy was dropped there, they were afraid that it might have been one of the men who they'd seen dropping her off. Exactly. And, and you can't, a lot of times, like with hospitals, you say, you, 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 they might transfer you to a patient's room, but they're not going to, like, say, tell you right. where they are. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or whether they're in or how they're doing or anything like that. When he couldn't get any information, he called her parents in Alabama for help. Her parents called the hospital and they were actually told over the phone that their daughter Christy had passed away. And I wonder how they got approval over the phone when her husband didn't. I don't know. Christy's grieving mother said when the hospital told her on the phone that her daughter was dead, she refused to believe it, trying desperately to find a mistake that would show they were wrong. Quote, it wasn't real. I thought they had misidentified her. I asked them to let me FaceTime so I could identify her body, unquote. After Jan was unable to find out information about Christy being at the hospital, he actually grabbed the last flight out of San Francisco to get home. Jan had access to Christy's iCloud account, so he was able to recover Christy's text messages from the night before. Mrs. Giles said that texts between Christy and Marcella suggested that they'd been taking cocaine at the warehouse party they went to in East Los Angeles late Friday night after they'd stopped by an event at Soho House in West Hollywood. By the way, do you know how these girls know each other? I don't. They are referred to as friends everywhere, but nothing talks about what their history might be. Okay. So Mrs. Giles said that they knew that around 4.30 a.m., Marcella had sent Christy a text and asked her if she wanted to do a line of coke. Christy responded, quote, yes, where are you? And Marcella said, quote, I'm backstage. So at this point, Mrs. Giles said that they knew that they were still in a safe public area. She also said that she was unsurprised by the references to drug use. Quote, my daughter by no means was an angel. She lived her life unapologetically and was brutally honest and truthful with her family, regardless if we agreed with it or not, because she knew that we loved her unconditionally, end quote. And by the way, this warehouse is their second location. Correct. Okay. So the third location now, which we're about to go to, is in West Los Angeles. It's also about 15 miles away from the warehouse in East Los Angeles. But it's actually only about a 30-minute drive because you're getting out of all of those weird streets in downtown and kind of you're able to take a freeway there. So was it close to their original destination? It was south of there by five or six miles, but yeah, it wasn't that far away. So they're just kind of ping-ponging. Right. It's kind of like a, a U-turn. Okay. So the third location that we just referenced was the apartment building that Christie's husband, Jan, had pulled up when he was looking for her location when she hadn't responded to his text messages. Jan had said that when he saw Christy's text messages, that at 5.30 a.m., Christy had texted Marcella and said, let's get out of here. 
followed by an emoji that had its eyes wide open. That is terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Which is probably why Marcella responded right away, yes, I'll call an Uber. And just two minutes later, she'd already booked it. Wow. Can you imagine being that scared? So you're saying Marcella booked the Uber two minutes later? Yes. Okay. And this is revealed through an interview with Jan? Well, yes, it's an interview with Jan, but it's based on the text messages that he'd been able to access on her cloud account. That's so interesting. But that's like terrifying. It is terrifying. Yeah, something was definitely going south. But they never got into a car, and their texts after that were never read. Wow. And, of course, Jan was able to see this because he had access to it. Now, Marcella may have read texts, and the assumption is she did not, but Christy certainly wasn't. Do Do we have access to Marcella's texts? I have not seen anything. I haven't seen anything, but I also haven't seen anything about a family that's being involved in this. Right. So I think they're probably taking a much lower profile is my guess. But they're also dealing with a daughter or loved one who's still alive. Right. And and I also haven't, she's Mexican and I have, I mean, she could have family in Mexico. I haven't seen that explained anywhere. Right. Have you? No, I haven't. And okay. that's my assumption is that she probably has family in Mexico and, and maybe they, they have to come up. Maybe they have to make arrangements. I just don't know. Right. Well, for sure they would. Jan said that as part of the text messages he was reading, there was one from their friend, Eddie. Now, Eddie was a friend, I guess, who had been at the East L.A. warehouse party and had actually made it to the Hollywood Hills after party. And so he sent a text to Christy that said, where are you at? This was at 5.36 a.m., so just four minutes after Christy had received the text from Marcella saying that the Uber was 10 minutes away. Mm. That text from Eddie was never read. Never read. Okay. Never read. Jan believes that in those six minutes, so from the original text at 5.30 to the text from Eddie at 5.36, something happened to his wife and Marcella that left them incapacitated. That is terrifying. You know, we talked about in the Denise Huber case, which is episode number one, about how there being just such a small window for her to disappear. Mm -hmm. But that was only 10 minutes. Yeah. And this is six. And it just, it shows you. You just don't know. You just don't know. And and it's crazy to me, the digital footprint that has been left. Because a lot of people don't have access to their loved one's cloud accounts. Right, exactly. And so if you haven't put together a list already for your family, put down what accounts you have and what passwords you have so that if something happens to you, they can try and find you. If they have to go through Apple or whatever your phone is or your your, uh, internet provider... You're going to have them delayed a long time to get to the police with this. Totally. I'm a huge fan of a comprehensive list of passwords. She's had one since she was 10. And And that was just to her diary and it was a key. Exactly. (laughs) But literally I've, you know, I, I have my daughter's phone code. I have my husband's phone code and... He doesn't know it. <laughs> Shh, don't tell him. But it is, you know, it's like you need people's passwords. You just don't know. You just don't know. It's not as simple as going through people's files anymore. Right. Mrs. Giles said that the girls were obviously not speaking out loud in front of these guys because they were texting each other and they were in an apartment. So they really weren't that far away. You know, my daughter, I'm not going to say which one, did that. She was at a college party and she started feeling tense and so she texted her friend like we are out that's awesome yeah and they just you know they made an excuse within 30 seconds for a reason to get out of there that's great and i love that that and it doesn't surprise me because i do know which daughter you're talking about Mm -hmm. it doesn't surprise me though because you got to have each other's back 
Yes. No guy is worth ditching a friend. Never. Period. Yes. And guys are wonderful. Well, but, but they're not worth ditching people for. Yeah, some guys are wonderful, but when you're in college, they mostly aren't. Exactly. <laughs> so ditch them. Go with your friends. Sisters Always. before misters. <laughs> oh, I was gonna. Th- I thought I were gonna say something else. <laughs> Bonjour, parlez-vous français? Me neither. <laughs> Despite the fact that I paid for it in college, which is why I need Rosetta Stone, and so do you. As you all know, I've used Rosetta Stone in the past for my German, and it's wonderful. And in fact, my niece is going to be studying abroad this fall, and she's going to be using Rosetta Stone so that she can learn the language and have a much more enriching experience while she's abroad. Rosetta Stone has been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. And they have speech recognition, which gives you feedback on your pronunciation. They also have two different options available to use it. It's available both on your desktop and through an app. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Killer Destinations listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Mrs. Giles believes that they were drugged to keep them incapacitated. And sadly, she believes the men likely raped Christy and Marcella as well. Oh, God. Disgusting. Disgusting. But I'm also wondering if she was given any inside scoop from the hospital in that regard, because she was the only one who was given direct information, you know, that was revealed to the public. She was given quite a bit of information because they even told her that she didn't have any external marks on her body to see that she'd been assaulted or anything like that. Right. And right now, as I understand it, there has been no police comment with respect to sexual assault, correct? Correct. Okay. Because I haven't seen it. I just, I know that you've done a deeper dive on this. Mrs. Giles revealed to DailyMail.com that Marcella's hospital toxicology reports showed trace amounts of cocaine and molly or ecstasy in her blood, as well as larger amounts of heroin. But the L.A. coroner had not yet reported Christie's results. And frankly, I tried to look up the coroner's reports and it's being held pending investigation. But by the way, Kathy, do you have any idea how Christie's mom knows what is in Marcella's hospital toxicology reports? You know, I don't. And I had looked for that because Jan has also been reported as having referred to this as well. So 
my assumption is actually Marcella's family may have said something. Right. Maybe she's or, in town by now. Right. right. Or maybe it's being reported incorrectly. Yeah, that's true. That is an option. While Mrs. Giles did not agree with her daughter's recreational drug use, Mrs. Giles said Christy was always open and honest about it with her. And Christy was adamant that she would never take heroin. She had seen her close cousin become addicted and one of her close friends' ex die of an overdose. Quote, she would have no reason to lie. We actually spoke regarding heroin. My daughter said, hell no, the heroin out there is laced with fentanyl. People are dropping like flies, unquote. Wow, that's scary. It's very scary. And as a side note, one of the things that I appreciate that's happening now, at least in California, is that they're trying to hold drug dealers accountable for homicide. Yeah. If they sold drugs in, that were laced with fentanyl. In fentanyl overdoses. Wow. because that, yes, they should. I agree. These people, you know, people don't know what they're taking. It's just scary. And according to Mrs. Giles, Marcella also despised heroin. That attitude and the murky circumstances of Christie's disappearance between 5.30 a.m. on Saturday morning and when her body was left at Southern California Hospital in Culver City 12 hours later led Mrs. Giles to believe that heroin was forced on the two women by the men they were with. Mrs. Giles said Christie was a military police officer's daughter and her husband taught his daughter self-defense. She was adamant that Christie would have put up a fight in any struggle with an assailant if she were not drugged first. Her girls, quote, actually know how to kill someone with a ballpoint pen, unquote. I love dads like this. I know. I really do. I mean, if you think about it, we had an episode, episode four in Joplin mm -hmm. and Christy Kelly's dad, who said afterwards that he knew that Christy was thinking as this was happening, like, my dad's going to get you. Exactly. I yeah. No, tough dads are awesome. Mrs. Giles added, quote, my daughter would have fought like hell. And from my understanding, from speaking to the emergency room, doctor and nurse, they did not see any visible bruises, scratches, or any indication of an altercation, unquote. Although the family is anxiously awaiting the coroner's report on any drugs in Christie's system or whether she was raped, Christie's cause and manner of death remain unknown following the completion of her autopsy. On November 18th, the L.A. County Medical Examiner coroner said that the, quote, cause and manner are deferred as is done for many of our cases that are pending additional information and or testing, unquote. What I saw on the L.A. County Coroner's website was that Christie's place of death is listed as the hospital. Now, just a quick recap. As you'll recall, on Saturday morning, Jan had woken up at 7 a.m. to find a text that Christie had sent to him at 1.30 a.m. He shoots off a text message to her, no idea what it says, and there's no read receipt that he sees. He sends a couple more over the next like half hour or so. And it was after this, when nothing has been read, that he actually uses his tracker app to find out her location. He found it and he then posted it on his social media account saying to his followers, does anyone know who lives at this apartment building? There's about 4,500 now, Kathy, but I don't know if that's gone up in the last week. So I don't know how many he may have originally had, but now there's about 4,500. Now, I'll get into some of the answers later, but that was kind of the, the social media push that he had. 
I know he has an Instagram account. I don't know if he has Snap. I don't know if he has Facebook. I don't know if he has any of those. But I know this was at least put on his Instagram. However, it's no longer there. Okay. In an exclusive interview with DailyMail.com, Christie's husband, Jan, revealed that detectives had told him that they had interviewed two of the men they believed were of those three men that, that Christie and Marcella had gotten into a car with. Okay. Remember the videotape that they saw at the, at the East L.A. warehouse party? It's been reported that the men who rent the apartment where Christie's phone was last located before she was located at the hospital, they allegedly admitted to the police that they actually took the girls home from the warehouse party, claimed the women took drugs and overdosed accidentally, but then they immediately took them to the emergency room. I see. Where you lay them on the ground outside the hospital and go? And take off your license plates and cover your heads. Right. And they're two hours apart. So this is not based on a statement from the police, correct? The police so far aren't saying anything. Okay. They're saying that they're not commenting. It's an ongoing investigation. Okay. So even though these men claimed that they accidentally overdosed and took the women to the ERs right away, which we also know isn't true, Jan said that he believed, based on the text messages he retrieved, that exactly what Mrs. Giles believes, which is that both women were forcibly drugged. I believe that too. I mean, like my instincts are screaming at me, especially with the emoji with the eyes wide open. Right. She something, saw or heard something. Yes. Something happened that made her go, what the what? You know? And so, uh, no, so, something happened in that six minutes. We just don't know what it is. By the way, do you know when Yawn accessed the cloud to uncover these 530 text messages. My understanding based on a number of different reports, so I'm I'm not giving any of them credibility, just my understanding, right. is that it was after he got back to Los Angeles and had learned that Christy had died. Okay. Okay. Even though these men said they immediately took the women to the ER, it wasn't until 12 hours later, so at 5 p.m. on Saturday, November 14th, that videos at Southern California Hospital in Culver City showed men in hats and masks, again, using that in quotes because different outlets are reporting different things, pulling up in a black Toyota Prius with no license plates and leaving Christie's body on the sidewalk. And here's the thing. Okay, first of all, do we have any idea... I'm so I'm so disgusted by this. Do we have any idea whether Christy was cold or not? I know that's a really coarse question, but do you have any idea? I do. So when she was dropped, she was cold and it was and they weren't able to resuscitate her at all. She was she was cold to the touch and they assumed that she had actually been dead for quite some time. And here's the thing. Let's say I, I just believe that something went south. You don't appear 12 hours later at a hospital. There are actually laws in California to protect people who call in overdose deaths. There were too many kids, especially when the opioid crisis began, showing up dead. And then the officers investigating them, you know, they find out later like, oh, you know, the 16-year-old was terrified he was going to be convicted of something or drug abuse or use or whatever. And so they started saying, hey, we're not going to prosecute you for use or possession or whatever. Just call 911 yeah, when your friend help. ODs. Yeah. And so that that sort of became, I'm not going to call it a campaign exactly, but, you know, if these guys... It was a movement. A movement is better. Okay. And, and because people, people were dying unnecessarily when police officers had Narcan. 
And so... Well, even hospitals had Narcan. Correct. I mean, if you're going to dump them at a hospital, do it right away like you said you did. Right. And let them get the help they need. Yeah. But let's pretend you're just a dumb 17-year-old and your friend ODs. People were abandoning their friends rather than calling 911 because they were terrified. Yeah. They were scared they were going to get in trouble or blame for it. Yeah. So, so there were so many unnecessary deaths. I do not believe that somebody who overdoses in the morning, presumably around 530, within that six-minute window-ish with grown-ups around them, you know, shows up at a hospital 12 hours later and is left on the sidewalk. And has no. clearly been dead for, for several hours. Exactly. And, and I get that there may be nefarious activity inside the apartment that's, you know, that she was visiting or both of the gals were visiting. That they but, were trying to hide. Correct. Like, do you- like take, put somebody outside, call 911. You know, I, I'm sorry, something happened. Something happened. Right. Put them on the sidewalk and call 911 right away. Right. Along those same lines about dropping them off immediately, Marcella wasn't left at Kaiser Permanente Hospital for another two hours after Christie, so 7 p.m. So what's that about? I mean, Honestly, I, I think they're trying to make it so that it doesn't seem like they're connected right. because the police actually didn't think that until Jan went to them and showed that they were. That they were what? That they were connected, that they were friends, that they had been out oh, together okay, that night, okay. that they had the text messages between them. The police just thought it was two different instances that happened. Which would which makes perfect sense. Right. And so I'm separate sure hospitals, separate time frames. Yeah, no. This was a purposeful and intentional plan by whoever was driving that car and the people who accompanied him. I am one hundred percent certain. And by the way, this is editorializing. Right. We have a hundred percent, exactly. Now, it's not been yeah. reported that way. I feel like a cable news broadcaster. <laughs> Jan further added that police told him that one of the men left the apartment at 9 a.m. on Saturday morning, but did not give any further information on their locations on Saturday before the women's bodies were left. L.A. police homicide detectives have interviewed two of the men, both of whom are registered as living at this apartment in West Los Angeles. And police say they are still pursuing the third person. And again, that is not based on a police press conference. It's what's been reported. Okay. But no arrests have yet been made. Interestingly, on Friday, November 19th, so just a couple of days before we're actually publishing this podcast, The Sun reported that neighbors have spoken out about what happened at the apartment building Christy and Marcella were at before they were seen being left at the hospitals. Two residents named the person they suspect is who the police are looking for. However, we are not going to be doing that. This is a developing story, and we will not potentially harm someone who may not have been involved. If they were involved, the LAPD will name who they are. One resident at the apartment building who asked to remain anonymous told the son that they heard unusual noises coming from the apartment. Quote, I heard someone moaning in pain for five, six, or seven hours hours what all day on saturday from this person's apartment okay call 911 yeah call 911 that is nuts the source said i was wondering what it was because there are always very loud noises coming from that apartment but this was moaning and it was weird to me but this person is weird and i don't want to get on their bad side so i never confront them That's what police officers are for. That's what your phone is for. Yeah. The resident pointed out that the police showed them a photo of the apartment resident's car. Remember the black Prius? 
And the source said that they actually hadn't seen the car for a few days now. Another neighbor told the son that a lot of people are always upset with this resident and there's a lot of problems. They always make a lot of noise and there are always people coming and going from the apartment. Do you have any idea whether or not this person who heard moaning reported it in any fashion to the police? It's not being said that it's been done. I have a guess, but I don't have proof. Okay. In the report, in the news report that you read, was this individual named specifically? No, this is the one who specifically wanted to remain anonymous. So the second source who I referenced, Mm -hmm. they actually gave their name to the son. But again, I don't feel comfortable revealing the addresses out there for the apartment building. I don't want to do that. I don't want to name this neighbor, and we're certainly not going to name this person who they're claiming is the suspect. The nice thing is that I'm sure the LAPD is reading every single report about this, and I hope they find the individual who heard moaning, because, you know, if that individual gives them credible information, they could use it as the basis for a search warrant. Do we have any idea whether the apartment has been searched? We don't. Okay. Ten bucks says... If it were searched, we'd know about it. I I agree. And it's been reported that initially the police were looking at it as a drug overdose that turned into death. And I think from what I've been reading, it's only over the last couple of days. Now, remember, this happened about a week ago. Right. It's only been in the last couple of days because of all of the information coming from the families that they're actually looking at it as something more nefarious. Correct. Because, again, you said in California, there's the law that you can drop people off. They may not have been aware of this and wanted to drop them off and not get caught. Now, I don't agree with that in terms of Christy, at least, because she was cold. But Marcella, they were able to revive so that she has a heartbeat. She is, again, as I said, on life support and has no brain activity. Okay. But, they were, but they were still, but she wasn't cold so that they couldn't get a pulse. It's been reported that police went to speak to the person who rents that apartment one day after Christy was left on the sidewalk. And had asked his neighbors about him and his black Prius. Now, here's the funny thing, and we're going to put funny in quotes. They were showing the neighbors a picture of him to see if they could identify him, the person who they think he is. And this is the individual who you think rents an apartment there. Right. Okay. Who who these neighbors have named. Right. Oh, I see. Okay. Yes. And they showed him a picture to see if they could identify him, which they both said that it was him. But it was a picture of him with Ron Jeremy. Now, I had to look this up, but apparently he used to be a big porn star. Bow, chicka, bow, wow. Exactly. <laughs> and, I, and big is being used as a double entendre <laughs> because that's, the, that's what was put in the papers. But here's the thing. It was taken in 2009 at the premiere of Ron Jeremy's movie called One-Eyed Monster. Wow. I have a feeling they weren't talking about a cyclops. <laughs> I have a feeling you're right. <laughs> but clearly this guy's keeping a different company. Yes. Now, the reason I brought up the story about the picture with Ron Jeremy is that Jan claims that he knows the men who Christy and Marcella left with. Wait. Because, hold on. Remember I told you that he posted the address on his social media? Yeah. And asked if anybody knew who lived there? Right. Both he and Christy's friend, Sandy, the best friend who had dipped at 4 a.m. Right. Your favorite word. My favorite word. Had to put it in here. It wasn't in yet. (laughs) But they've both reportedly been receiving messages from other women who knew the men who lived at this apartment and are sharing that they had similar experiences. Oh, wow. So when you say Jan knew them, 
He and knew it, of them is what it looks like. Okay. Like they weren't friends. They weren't even in those same circles, but knew kind of them from this party scene. Okay. Okay. But Jan said that these men are, quote, not the kind of people Christy and Marcella would ever normally hang out with, end quote. He's not sure how they convinced the girls to get into the car. Jan also describes them, this is a quote, as the dirtiest of the sleaziest of guys. Wow. But hold on. Marcella was supposedly vibing with one of them. Correct. So she just probably didn't know. And maybe, maybe I, I am assuming. He could be I, a sociopath. He I could am charm, ass- charm That's anybody. exactly right. I am assuming pure intentions of these women. Like, right. Oh, I agree with that. Like you don't get into a car with somebody you're afraid of or you know or, is dangerous. Or, you even, or you're even unsure of you don't get into a car with them. Yeah. Now, according to Jan, one of these men is in the underground porn scene in Los Angeles, which if you think about the picture that the apartment resident took with Ron Jeremy, I don't know if it's true, but it lends a little bit of credibility to Jan's assumption. Right. He also said that this person associates with people known to attend snuff parties. That is disgusting. For those of you who don't know. Which was me. Yeah. Snuff parties um, are when... Um, you kill somebody and and people watch for entertainment. Now, that is what a snuff party is. And there have been snuff films made. I mean, heck, you could probably find them on the internet, although I've never looked. But this is such an extremely uh, base subculture if it exists. It's not, um, it's not within the norm of your customary porn subculture. Jan has said that the man who is allegedly a part of the underground porn scene in Los Angeles was seen the night of November 12th at this East LA warehouse party carrying large camera equipment around the party. So Jan fears that his wife was sexually abused by an underground pornographer and he suspects that he injected her with heroin and filmed her. Oh God, that's awful. It is awful. As Kathy said, the Los Angeles Police Department told KABC 7 Eyewitness News that the preliminary investigation reveals a possible overdose, which turned fatal. But Jan suspects there was foul play and wants the men responsible to be held accountable. The LAPD continues to investigate. A spokeswoman from LAPD said, The cause right now is an undetermined death and an ongoing investigation, and she declined to comment further, which, frankly, is the responsible thing to do because they're still pending autopsy results. One thing that is a real fear is that there are a lot of armchair detectives out there, people on social media who want to solve a crime and they think they know, and they're going to pull out names and throw things out there, and people's lives get ruined this way. I agree, which is so, why we're not saying names. Right, but, but it's also what the LAPD is doing. They're not putting anything out there that's going to lead people to start concluding other things. That I, I agree. Mrs. Giles said that she'd spoken to Christy on the day before she died. Christy told her mom that she was going to be going to Alabama on the 22nd and staying through Christmas. So she was going for Thanksgiving through Christmas. I know, that's a long time. I know, but it's, I mean, gosh. And I'm sure her mom was just excited and awaiting her arrival. Absolutely. Christy had plans on a family 
and she and Jan wanted children. They were looking at buying a home and moving to the suburbs so that they could have a yard for their future children. Jan said, quote, people share these amazing videos that they have with Christy, and it brings back her energy, and I know I'll never get to see her or kiss her or touch her again, and it's just so heartbreaking. She didn't deserve any of this. She was such a bright light, a beautiful, joyous soul. The fact that somebody took that light and snuffed it out is just so wrong. It's been really, really amazing, the support that we've been getting. But at the same time, I still have this huge hole in my chest where she is no longer there, unquote. As you know, for podcasters, one of the most important things that listeners can do for us to get the word out there about us is to leave us reviews. We wanted to share one of the reviews that we've received that just meant a lot to us. It's from somebody who is listed as being beautiful 2006. And they said, quote, the podcast is great. The chemistry between the hosts is so natural. They choose cases that are interesting and explain the details so well. Keep it up. So thank you, beautiful 2006. Thank you very much. And you are beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) You are. We would appreciate everyone listening. If you would please take the time to rate us and leave a review. But only if you like us. (laughs) For real. (laughs) But it does help us get the word out to other people who would enjoy this podcast. And that helps us keep going. We can be found on Facebook and Instagram at Killer Destinations Podcast. And we have a Facebook discussion group for at Killer Destinations Podcast. We would love to have people join so that we can talk about true crime all the time. Any of our episodes, any issues that you want to talk about, or if you have cases that you want to involve us in. Ditto. (laughs) (laughs) Nicely done. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.